I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So I went to the ear clinic today, um, which I've done a few times before in my life, but I hadn't done it for a couple years. And um, I sat in the chair, and she was like, "All right, so you know, you know how this goes." And I was like, "Yep." And they got the little micro suction machine out, and she peeked into my um, right ear, and she was like, "Oh, yep, you got a lot in there." <laughs> and then she stuck a thing in my ear, and then just it just sucked. And um, after about three minutes that ear was all clear then she went over to the other one she's like oh yeah you've got a lot in there <laughs> and she sucked and all the stuff came out of that one too and like i've had this happen to me before as i said like so i was i know i know the game i know that like look i've you, had my ear sucked before okay? yeah yeah you you leave the ear clinic um a new man but it's never been as bad as this like it's 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 it was like my hearing got 50 percent better it was insane, man. So you'll notice that AJ is a lot quieter. Yeah. It doesn't sound like he's using as much energy. That's because he now knows his volume. Yeah, I had no idea. I had no idea. And I actually actually had to uh, leave work early because I had a headache because everyone was shouting. That's um, what it's like living with you. <laughs> <laughs> that, what you're hearing now, everyone, that's what you've been like oh for the gosh. last year and a bit. Um, so this is this is AJ's first time recording a podcast and actually being able to yeah. like control the volume of his voice. Oh my gosh, dude! So get ready for a more subdued. If, if this is like you're gonna have to, we're gonna have to put like headphones on you or something like that. If yeah. people don't like this new energy, yeah, because this is I don't know. This is gonna be a very quiet episode, I think, because I've been some in borderline <laughs> agony, <laughs> like because everything's so loud now. And I'm looking at the audio readout, and it makes a lot more sense now. Yeah. with two people talking you're always into, like why am i so loud ow that hurt, that hurt me that time um oh, this is uh, this is the revenge. podcast has changed um the podcast has changed uh but unlike speaking me, of the podcast what is the it podcast this is alexander jones this is richard martin i i feel like i have to do so much more work now being energetic <laughs> Just for this one, maybe I'll be better next one. <laughs> um, Your ears will fill themselves back up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is a podcast where we um, usually talk about franchises um, uh, that we randomly select from the last week. So if you're listening to this from our Godzilla episodes, go on are the days that we're talking about um, Godzilla. And today, just to mix things up, um, we're going to talk about a franchise. It's not really a franchise. It's just a real long movie that was split into two for production reasons. Yeah. Um, and unlike me, this movie is about uh, someone getting holes in their body filled instead of uh, vacuumed. <laughs> oh, ta- well, kind of. <laughs> we're talking about uh, Lars von Trier's avant-garde sex movies, uh, Nymphomaniac Volumes 1 and 2. Um, if you've not heard of these movies, 
uh, you, I don't know. It's fine, I guess. Yeah. I mean, he's not a he's not a, a, a run of the your run of the mill director. Um, basically, the these these this is a this is one five hour or we watched like a four hour version. Well, it's five hours forty five minutes. Yeah, split so, yeah. into into two parts. So we watched volume one and volume two, um, and. Yeah, they came out in they, they, the Wikipedia page says there are 2013 anthology. So they came out at the same time, but they didn't come out at, they didn't have like a definitive release date because they were like staggered over film festivals. And yeah, and sometimes censorship play the like, whole one. And, yeah, yeah. And yeah, so there's the director's cut and the non director's cut. And like, we think, thought it was important to watch them as two separate films. Yeah, things are going to get pretty explicit. Yeah. Of us. So. This is this is this is like be a mom. If you're a, listening, yeah, turn it off. AJ's family, if you're listening, turn it off. My parents don't listen anymore because of the language. Oh well, they they, they would love this one. <laughs> um, um, I've been defending Game of Thrones to people recently, trying to explain that it's not porn, and then I went and watched Nymphomaniac parts one and two, which famously has actual uh, penetrative, unsimulated sex scenes in it. This is this is as this is as like underground indie film as it gets man yeah, well like, this, okay, is, this so, is what you think of when you think of like an art house film yeah um but yeah so there's the director's cut um like so there's the full director's cut which is a five hour 45 minute film and then mm-hmm. each of the parts have director's cuts as well i watched the director's cut of both of them um aj watched the director's cut of part two and the theatrical release i guess of part mm. one yeah. so uh, I think mine had an extra like half hour, and it was all just macro shots and, uh, of yeah, vaginas. Yeah, <laughs> and um, yeah, a lot of close ups of vaginas, a lot of close ups of um, PIV, uh, a lot of close ups of weenies. Ween- yeah, there's a lot of weenies. Um, yeah, these are very explicit films. Um, <laughs> That's what they are. That's this is the this. If if someone was like, "What's an explicitly sexual film?" This is the answer. Yeah. Um, should we talk about what they're about? Sure. So I've written out the film is divided into chapters. Mm. Um, so I'll, I'll I'll go through each of the chapters as quick as I can. Okay. So an old uh, a middle aged bachelor called mm-hmm. um, Seligman, played by Alexander Skarsgård, finds a woman called Joe beaten in an alleyway. She says that she deserves this, and then they go. She takes he takes her back to his. Um, she says she'll explain why she's a bad person. Basically, that's the setup. Um, just to already correct you. Alexander Stars- Skarsgård? I got Stalin Skarsgård oh, here. Yeah, Alexander's the young one. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. My bad. His name's Stal- so Stalin Skarsgård plays Seligman. Sil- yeah, the older one. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, she, basically she explains why she's a bad person. So, she, so she's in um, Seligman's room narrating the film as she tells the story to him. Yeah. So chapter one is called The Complete Angler. Uh, so... As I said, getting right into the explicit. So, Joe discovered her cunt at the age of two, <laughs> um, which is a line from the film. Yeah. <laughs> Those aren't my words. Um, and so, yeah, it's kind of it shows her sexual awakening. She lost her virginity to Shia LaBeouf's Jerome. Um, three humps in the front, five humps in the back. Um, her and her friend B play a game where they collect men's orgasms on a train. That's, that's Man, chapter one. When you get your ears sucked, right, everything's a lot more precise and biting, and the word cunt really, like, I've never heard that word in its I've, full yeah. full form. Um, <laughs> chapter two, Jerome. Joe gets a job working for Jerome. She develops feelings for him and writes him a letter. She discovers that he's married, however, and he never receives the letter. Mm-hmm. Chapter three, Mrs. H. 
Um, oh, so she like refers to basically every character other than her and Jerome as just like a as a letter. Yeah. So um, she's also a nymphomaniac. I don't know yeah. if we mentioned that up front, which means you're a sex addict. Yeah. Um, so she goes through a string of lovers, um, one of whom H is married. Uh, she's confronted by the wife, uh, played by Uma Thurman, who screams and yells at her, uh, but she doesn't really feel any more remorse. Mm-hmm. Um, Chapter four is called Delirium. Joe's father, Christian Slater, gets quite sick and eventually passes away. As he does, she becomes sexually aroused and uh, then is overcome with depression. Chapter five, Mm -hmm. um, Little Organ School. Joe describes three men she was with around the same time. One who treated her really well, one who was animalistic in his desires, and then, of course, Jerome. Part one ends with her crying while having sex with Jerome because she could no longer feel anything sexually. There you go. Thus ends part one. Now, for part two, I'm going to need to What are you doing? My... We said no more. You said no more. The fans, the fans <laughs> wanted it. The fans have demanded more sodas. Did you drop one by my feet this time? Now you go to get your own. I don't have mine. <sighs> what? <laughs> this is a... You might be able to... This is a Mountain Dew I'm drinking this time. Oh, okay. This is Mountain Dew, the, the official drink of Nymphomaniac Volume 2. Yep. All right. <sighs> I guess I can't talk about it. Okay, um, so part two begins with chapter six. The Eastern and Western Church, a.k.a. the Silent Duck. Joe tells us about her first orgasm at the age of 12. It was a religious experience for her. She then talks about her sexual frustration with Jerome. They have a child together. She goes to other men to fulfill her sexual desires. This culminates in her visiting a male dominatrix, or a dominator, if you will, um, who whips her and humiliates her. Um, but she does have her first orgasm in three years. Um, while visiting this man, she neglects her child. Jerome leaves and takes the child with him. Mm-hmm. She never sees the child again. Um, chapter seven, the mirror. Whoa. Okay. Chapter seven, Joe becomes pregnant again uh, and goes to therapy and performs an abortion on herself. And you see the entire thing in very graphic detail. Mm. Probably one of the hardest scenes to watch in film history. Oh, they haven't seen that. I, the anticipation knowing, because I knew it was coming. Yeah. Um, was The anticipation was horrifying. Uh, but then afterwards, it was like not that bad. Uh, I don't know if I agree. I think it was pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> But maybe, like, I, I, I liked the abortion scene more than the ending of the film. But okay, we'll get well, to that. Okay. Oh, yeah, come on, come on. Okay. This is what happens when you dug me a mountain dew. I throw you a bloody... <laughs> okay, chapter eight, the gun. The final chapter. Mm-hmm. The final chapter wasn't part of it. I'm just stating that it is the final chapter. Yeah. So Joe turns to organized crime, led by Willem Dafoe. And he insists that she groom a 15-year-old girl to join the crime ring. Her relationship with the girl turns sexual in nature, and one day they're assigned to collect the debt from Jerome's house. Joe says that the girl should do it on her own, but soon grows jealous of the time she spends with Jerome. She decides to kill Jerome, um, confronting him and the girl in an alleyway. However, she didn't pull back the rack on the gun, and it misfires. Jerome beats the crap out of Joe and has sex with the girl in front of her. Three humps in the front and five in the back. Remember that from earlier? So it's like a little... It's like an episode of Gone Fishing. Now, when you're tying your, your dinghy to your boat, you want to make sure it's three humps in the front, five in the back. Um, the girl urinates on Joe, and they leave her for dead. Seligman finds her, and the story loop is closed. Mm-hmm. All right, so now we're back. We've caught up. Yeah. Um, they've finished telling this story. Yeah. And the film ends. Yeah. And it's a great ending. Just kidding. All right, so now 
It's now morning, and um, Salomon leaves Joe to get some sleep. Uh, but then he comes back in the room and tries to rape her. She wakes up, and he says, But you fucked thousands of men. Uh, the screen goes black, and we hear a gunshot, and Salomon's body dropped to the floor. And what is more a more um, comprehensive list of plot synopsis than any of the Godzilla films, I applaud you, Richard, especially because you just wrote that in, like, <laughs> five minutes before. Um uh yeah so uh, what do i want to talk about first um what did you did you like these movies this epic what an interesting question alex (laughs) um so i don't know it's one of those things that i wasn't uh, if you describe these movies to me i'd be like yeah i'm gonna enjoy them on some level Mm. you know but it's not gonna be uh any kind of artistic level um (laughs) Having said that... I'd seen a couple of the scenes before. I had. Um, <laughs> I had. Um, I like this this is one of those films I was interested in its development, not only because it's of the dirty stuff, but also um, the fact that like everything surrounding it like at the time was quite interesting. Like People saying, oh, there's unsimulated sex. No, there's not. Oh, we got yeah, porn yeah, actors yeah. to do it. And then we... And um, this was also the start of the Shia LaBeouf meltdown. Mm. It was it was to the Nymphomaniac premiere that he wore a bag saying I am not famous anymore, wow. and that was that was ground zero of crazy Charlemagne. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I was interested in this film, and then to finally watch it, it's quite interesting. So part one is like a beautiful film. Mm-hmm. Part one is I would I would recommend it. It's one of the, I would say it's almost one of the best films we've watched on this. Yeah, I agree. Um, (laughs) Spoilers for my opinion. (laughs) It's like, it's actually like incredible. It's beautiful. It's like funny in parts. And it's like, it's two and a half. Well, the one I watched is that two and a half hours long. And it did not feel like it at all. It's paced well. And just everything about it is so good. And then part two is like, I wish I could think of like a cool analogy. But like part two is really depressing and like actually okay so part one is divided into five chapters they're all great part two is three hours long and the first chapter of it is an hour and a half and then then the second one's like 20 minutes to half an hour and then the the third one's the rest of it um part one is amazing chapter one or whatever chapter it is part chapter six i think yeah um which is the first one in part two is great Mm-hmm. we and we to confess we actually watched the we watched the film in two halves yeah um so we watched that so we kind of watched three films it almost feels like yeah so we um and then there's the abortion and it's so hard to watch you actually see she sharpens a coat hanger and you see her insert it into her i think I'd, ra- I'd rather talk about and um, then the, pulls out, it the out. sexual you explicitness. Fetus, you see a fetus be pulled out instead of an abortion. I feel like that would make people stop listening more than just yeah. talking about. Um, and then the last chapter, I didn't find that interesting with her grooming the girl. Yeah. Um, and then the endings, obviously, kind of so undermines the film. The the last chapter it, it suddenly goes to crime out of nowhere. And I was just There's like, some good moments. Huh? Yeah, there is, but it was like, what an odd decision. Like, it was such a personal story about like someone who has like an addiction, and is it is it wrong? Is it even bad that she does these things? And then it became her about her committing crime, and it was just kind of like, 
and then it culminated in that and um well it's it was interesting because the reason she turned to crime i didn't mention this in my synopsis is that like because she has this like intimate knowledge of men and how to manipulate them because of her knowledge of sex and stuff like that so she would like whip men and then there's this one scene where she this is kind of when it's sort of you know why she thinks she's a bad person there's this one guy that she like can't read sexually so she like describes all these she pulls his pants down you see his flaccid penis and um this is very important (laughs) um and she describes all these sexual um scenarios to him and nothing no movement on his flaccid penis and then she starts describing you're at a park. You see a little boy. He's wearing shorts. Did you when when that scene happened? Did you picture um, the kid from Godzilla? Because <laughs> the no, fact that she said he was wearing I didn't, shorts, I didn't have a have a callback to when <laughs> when learning about a pedophile. Well, oh, spoiler! I was confused there. But yeah, no, she, she says like, "There's a boy there. He's wearing shorts," and I was like, uh, "A cheer from um, Godzilla's Revenge." But um. Yeah, and then and then he gets hard, and she like describes you know taking this boy home and, and everything mm. like that, and then he gets hard, and then she's he's like please stop, and then she she stops, and then um she got she gives him a blowjob uh, because she felt sorry for him, mm. and um uh, I really can't remember why I started the story. You're saying um why well, why she turned to crime? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so that's this is an example. Oh, yeah, of her. Um, Mm. sort of knowing but then and yeah and then she talks about well you know i think pedophiles are good people because 99 percent of them have these urges and don't act on them and the one percent that do so she's like i felt sorry for him so i gave him a blowjob which is great because that's actually like, <laughs> which is great well well it's a reflection on what the film was about kind of because what upset me about um part two volume two and uh particularly the ending towards the ending was that you could summarize i was thinking of ways you could summarize what these like if someone was like i don't have time i've got to leave what are these movies about (laughs) (laughs) what situation okay so um um someone's i want to give you i want you to give me a detailed synopsis but i i I actually really have to get this no no yeah the onus is on me so they're like you need to tell me i'd I'd say it's about a nymphomaniac telling her life story to a lifelong virgin is a nice way to put it because you find out that um what's his name seligman Seligman is a is a virgin about you know at the start of describes himself as asexual yeah yeah um so that's that's a cool twist you know oh right i get it you know it's the which is what because in in part one especially he everything she says he's like oh it's like fishing yeah he's he's like actually so i'm getting i'm trying to like condense everything into like a narrative of how i thought of it but what it also is about is about self-worth right because she thinks she's a piece of shit and it's seligman who's like i don't believe that people can be worthless i don't believe that there's such thing as a good a bad person he says it at the start he's like i've never met a bad person and she's like well you have now that's the trailer moment yeah yeah um and so there was something sweet about i don't know if it needed to be five hours long but you know a story of of someone telling someone their life story and despite the fact that she like performed a coat hanger abortion despite the fact that she sympathizes with pedophiles and racists and nazis um all these things come up that she doesn't she doesn't agree with them but she like doesn't count them out as as being good people um she learns that you know you there's it's a redemptive arc and i thought that was really cool and what upset me about the ending is when um, Seligman leaves her to sleep. <coughs> leaves her to sleep. Tell I'm not, were, I'm not choking, choking up. Yeah, like, up. Seligman, why? <laughs> um, he he walk and it, like it, it gets to this point, and you're thinking like, 
where is this gonna go hmm. like what's gonna happen next because the, the movie it doesn't need a twist to like end it doesn't need it like is there a bird right outside the window i think there's a bird it actually sounds like it's trying to get up yeah well anyway sorry we're not, can, we're not gonna let it sorry if you can hear that folks um yes starring the bird um <laughs> So what what upset me about it is that Seligman for the whole thing was such a nice, charming character. And he, I was like, this guy is pleasant. He's lovely. He's like, he's such a good guy. And he's, and you know, and it pits those two like polar opposites against each other. When she's telling him about her abortion, he's even then like, he's like very reserved. And he's like, no, I'm look, I'm, pro, I'm pro um, choice, but like you know like they have they have they have very intelligent conversations about these things and before the scene before he like returns to the room to attempt to have sex with her um she says she's crying and she says you know i've made a friend in you you're my first friend that i've ever made mm. um and then he leaves and he comes back and he's like feeling up his little winky and like <laughs> he like removes her bed clothes her, her bed sheet and like starts feeling her butt and like you described it and when you read the synopsis you said he tries to rape her like not really like he shouldn't have done it and i'm first of all back up i don't think this should have happened in the movie at all but like i was thinking about i didn't think this initially because i've been ruminating this on this all day i watched i finished watching it last night and like she shoots him what the hell yeah so did you did you have an issue with the shooting or the like attempted sex both right because if you're gonna do the attempted sex fine shooting him was such an over dramatic reaction to that yeah like why would she shoot him she could just say no he wasn't being aggressive at all like he he asked without permission which is of course a big no-no but he didn't when he she she pulls out the gun and and it cuts to black and you hear him say but you've fucked thousands of men the the his characterization does not lead me to believe that if she had said no i'm not doing this that he would have gone like aggro on her like i think he would have backed down and you know whatever i'm not trying to defend someone who like assumes that they can have sex with someone at all because i don't think that should have been in the movie at all like it's just it was such a bizarre and it's because of the crime thing like bringing in the crime brought in the idea of murder being like yeah and like it was just it was such a bummer it's such a bummer way to end end of movie mm. it felt it felt lazy and what's annoying about it is that i feel like if i went up to lars von trier and i was like lars von trier i i really didn't like the ending to nymphomaniac he would smile and look at me knowingly and be like oh yeah like of course you know lots of people won't like it but it's like no fuck you man like <laughs> like i cared about both of those characters and it's not a case of like i didn't get it yeah. maybe it is but like from like what is the message he's trying to convey that Lars von Trier doesn't like the movie. Like, like yeah. that's that's the, that's okay. what I was well, left with. Was like he couldn't think of a good way to end it. So even for the the lazy obvious option of like oh and the the virgin she's been telling the story to the whole time is actually evil. But he he wasn't. He was nice, and I think they threw that away by by doing that. Yeah. So um, in like minor defense of it, I like I get I, okay. The shooting I think is is dumb and it's over dramatic and it's. They had no place in the film. The coming back and to have sex with her is like, I understand because they kind of brought up the fact that like with the pedophile story is that like, we don't, this guy didn't seem to know that he was a pedophile, but he mm-hmm. got aroused by the story. And like it, it awoke something in him. Yeah. And then maybe just maybe that hearing all these sexual stories awoke something in, in Seligman. And then the line but you've fucked thousands of men. I actually kind of liked that that was in there because that's, that's like, 
obviously I'm not like, <laughs> I'm not like, um, saying that I believe this or anything like that, but I think that it's like, it's an, it's a good like commentary on like men. Yeah. And it's like this, it's that like nice guy thing of like, why not me? You've yep. fucked thousands of men. And it, it shows that it almost shows that innocence of Sullivan's character that he's, he is inexperienced. He doesn't know why yeah. that's wrong. He's just like, oh, she's a nymphomaniac. She like she's fine to have sex with me. Then um, the look on his face when he's like walks back, he, like she wakes up and looks at him, and he's not surprised or like malicious or anything. He actually looks at her like with a like almost a hopefulness. Mm. Not to analyze like the worst part of the movie. <laughs> but- yeah, it, like it is. Yeah, you've got part one's like a perfect film. The first half of part two is like really good. Mm. And then there's a little bit like gratuitous. Um, it's only the director's cut this abortion scene as well, apparently. Um, so you've got this like kind of overly gratuitous abortion scene. And then you've got turns to a life of crime kind of becomes like a crime thriller. Mm. Um, and then you're adding pedophilia to some extent. And then you've got this weird. I think ultimately I just, I liked the character and it was a bummer to see. Sullivan. Yeah. Yeah. It was a bummer to see that wasted, like thrown out the window. It made, it felt inconsistent with a lot of what he said. And I agree with what you're saying, that it's like a a really good commentary on the male gaze and what we, what a lot of men think they deserve or like would assume about women. Um, But no, it it bummed me out and I actually hold it up there as one of the worst endings in my life. Like in terms of like how much I liked the movie before. Yeah. So it turns like a, a five and a half hour like epic character study into like the setup for a punchline yeah and i hate i hate it when um there's a show this is weird that i'm even bringing i wasn't planning on bringing this up there's a show called top of the lake um spoilers for top of the lake do you mind if i spoil top of the lake for you (sighs) i'd rather you didn't but okay (laughs) well we can just move on or you can put headphones on again and i'll just whisper it into the microphone no no um, so, Top of the Lake, it's a New Zealand, uh, no, New Zealand American production, I think, actually. Mm-hmm. It's about, um, it's like, it's like True Detective set in Queenstown. Um, yeah, <laughs> basically. Yeah, to watch it. <laughs> it's not, I would say, I want to say, it's not, I don't think it's very good. Right. So, I, I wouldn't recommend people watch it. The ending, it basically, she basically finds out that the person who, um, raped a, a 12-year-old girl and got her pregnant was her partner, her, her, um, her, uh, police partner. What's that word? right but it's not set up it's not like you can't like look back through the episode and be like oh it was him the whole time it blatantly wasn't him the whole time and in like an attempt to pull the rug over your eyes they're like pull the rug rug out from under you (laughs) yeah they they go they go like guess what the second main character was the villain all along and it's stupid um it's stupid though it's not it's not i'm not saying you can't do that i'm saying it wasn't handled well yeah there's a lot of um, there's a lot of things that you could have not spoiled and and for me it's still given that um <laughs> that um thing like heavy rain does it yeah um yeah heavy rain's another great example he, of like because like, heavy rain explicitly shows you that the person that did it uh, didn't do it in yeah. one scene yeah um and uh what's the uh, now you see it does it as well oh yeah you can spoil now you see it for me if you want uh well now you see it it's, it's i think it's oh, it's a mark ruffalo's character like it, it's one of those things that's like we need a twist which mm. character can we do it but then there's no foreshadowing it doesn't make sense there's yeah, like yeah, scenes exactly. that he couldn't have been there and stuff yeah, like exactly, that exactly. So, yeah exactly um, yeah and that's kind of a kind of feel because Nymphomaniac gets to its ending and you're like what's going to happen here you know and if the story is about a woman finding out that 
someone can still love her you know despite how that she thinks she's like the worst person ever that's really heartwarming and i think mm. they undermine that do you know what the film should have ended on what? so right near the end of the film they um the they're looking out the window and because because of the, the positioning of his place there's like the sunlight comes through mm-hmm. and just hits like the the brick wall outside one of his windows and you just see this like square of sun and like put her to bed it's like morning morning's coming put her to bed he goes out of the room and just like slow zoom on that patch of sun that mm. would have been better yeah because it's like it's like the trajectory of season one ending of mm. like there is a little bit there a little there's a little bit of sunlight there's a little bit of hope and like literally just cut out the scene from when he comes back into her room yeah <laughs> yeah man totally uh, it actually it's such a bummer and I, i'm sorry like if you love this movie and thought that was the only way to end or end it but like i truly disagree yeah. I, I i couldn't think of a way like it baffles me that von trier thought that was the correct way to end the movie yeah anyway so yeah i was just gonna say going into it, i knew that he turned out to be like a rapist okay. but i didn't know about the shooting which okay. which shocked me yeah because i was like that <laughs> so reflecting our opinions uh volume one of nymphomaniac on rotten tomatoes the go-to source for what we should think of movies um has a uh critic score of 75 percent that's that's surprisingly low yeah um the audience score is 69 <laughs> percent um volume two has a audio a critic score of 60 percent and an audience score of 55 percent oh, yeah so it's reflective i guess yeah and I, I wonder like i wonder if any of the like part one scores are for the whole thing as well no because it's split into volumes or maybe i mean like, like because people might have yeah, reviewed yeah. the whole thing and mm. done it is it because i'm sure there isn't as i don't know if there is or not there isn't i've run to for the whole thing yeah no. um yeah that could be part of it because it's a it's a critic critical darling this film mm. although to be i i it's interesting because I watched a two and a half hour cut, and I thought it was like perfectly paced. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have cut anything out. So I don't know what was. Well, I, cut according out. to what I read, um, a softer version was made, as, and that's so all you saw was more sex. Like I don't think I missed any plot. But like, how did I see another half hour of sex? <laughs> There's a lot of sex in these movies, man. Was, Maybe it was, it was just. I mean, it was probably just every sex scene was cut a bit shorter. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Um, let's play a game called um did you get a boner win um and i'm gonna <laughs> throw out a scene from the film and you got to tell me if you got a boner when you watched it fine did you get a boner when she gave the pedophile a blowjob <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to play this game i just wanted to drop that line because it's I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. <laughs> confronting moment well what we should do we should talk about the sex the no no i was gonna say we should get like we should have a <laughs> i'm like, not gonna tell the audience no no i was gonna say like when and when i did not get a boner no no, no like if, if we had like a way of saying yes or no that didn't reflect either of our voices right so like a 
like a computerized voice would be like, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, no, and you won't know who who was or who wasn't. Um, that's a good idea, but I think it's it's fine just submitting the idea, and we don't actually have to do it. Yeah. So yeah, there there was some talk about how explicit we should get on this podcast, and how Simil- personal similar we should get. to to when we talked about how racist we should be on uh, the Godzilla podcasts, and we landed and on the podcast. not at all. Was a decision for that? But with with Nymphomaniac, the thing did is, you actually, did you write down any other? Did you get a bonus wins? No, okay. just that I thought it'd be funny because it's the description of that is sort of <laughs> jarring. Um, the the fact of the matter is, uh, if you if you guys don't know us, um, which you know maybe you don't, maybe you do, uh, we're both straight dudes, and um, despite the fact that we often say we live together, uh, we don't sleep in the same bed together. I feel like I've been thinking about that whenever you've mentioned on the podcast that we, this is what it's like living with him. He's so loud. When, yeah, when we're in, in yeah, he snores com- communal spaces together and like in the lounge. <laughs> Um, AJ like almost lives in a separate house. <laughs> um, so, I think there is probably credence to talking about not our our what aroused us, but like what aroused do you, us. Do you think so? And one of the number one criticisms with this film um, was it's pointlessly sexual. It's pointlessly explicit, and I believe that that exists in, in film in general. Yeah. And I also believe that you can justify. I think it's poignantly sexual. Yep. Okay. Explain that. So you, you, this coming from the guy who watched half an hour more <laughs> sex scenes, um, and I watched half an hour less and thought, yeah, that was enough. In uh, fact, yeah, I would actually call *Nymphomaniac* Volume One tame. In, in, okay, in, I com- compared to what I, <laughs> compared to what I was expecting, tame. Like, of course, it's not tame compared to freaking whatever. Like some other Godzilla. movie. Godzilla. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like there's there's scenes of um, I, I don't know how like explicit my language. I'll use I'll be clinical with my language. There's like a, there's a, there's for me the like most oh my gosh scene or like shot not even a scene in volume one was um when you see a guy performing oral sex on cunnilingus on uh joe the the nymphomaniac um and it's it's very close up and that to me was was the main moment of like wow like that's yeah. that's real so that, that, that's, that, that's interesting because i would call that the most explicit shot in my one as well but <laughs> i i showed you the, the yes, shot in my one and it was quite different um a lot closer yeah so in aj's one the cunnilingus was seen there was like a little tuft of bush his nose was up on it and it was kind of cut it was cut just above like the bottom of frame was like the top of his mouth you would still acknowledge that it was jarring to see in a, in a film like, um or am I just a lot more innocent? Than well, you? no, I think I think with the experience I had, yeah, sure. it was slightly different. Whereas on my one, it was like a very, again, I'll be clinical, um, a, a very close up shot of like a tongue actually stimulating a clitoris. <laughs> <laughs> AJ specifically asked me not to say the word clitoris on the podcast <laughs> and I've just done it this is your revenge for me spoiling top of the lake <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah so like it was it was a very like if you if you were to like go on wikipedia and search vagina <laughs> it would be like and I've done photo. that a hundred times <laughs> it would be like that kind of photo but um, whew, um <laughs> getting all hot in here <laughs> um yeah, like it was. It was one of those things. that's like not every film can be this sexual, but if any film is gonna do it, it makes sense to be this one. 
Yeah, and it makes sense to be a Lars von Trier movie. Yeah, like because, like it's art house. Yeah, it's yeah. like it, it, it's there's reason for it because the whole film is about it. Yeah, it's it's not like if you ask me if if, if the person really had to catch their flight and he's like, what's it about? I'd say a vagina <laughs> because that's that's and I'm not objectifying here. I'm saying like it's about her vagina. Well, <laughs> like in so much it is, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's about three things really. Um, <laughs> vaginas, penises, and how much I like seeing them. <laughs> I feel like we didn't start as like funny and like energetic in this episode. Yeah, because you were so like, I was, oh, my, I'm, ears. Like, my ears are accustomed now to, to the, the vacuum we're in. Um, well, okay, we know people at home might have picked up what I meant when I said it's about three things because literally, like. And I'll explain why it actually is about those three things. Okay. When Joe, the the climax of the film, the film's ending, catching up to real time, Jerome has just like mercilessly beaten her senseless. And then her like 15 year old confidant has just urinated all over her. What does Joe say? She says, fill my holes. Fill all of my holes. Which which was beautiful. (laughs) Like, that was such a good line because she says it earlier in the film in a sexual context, but when she says it now, it's like, I am empty. Yeah. Fill me, please. And like, that, that, I, when that happened, I was like, fuck, that's a good line. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's, that's so like, not, this is a great pun. It's so up my alley. So, <laughs> because I like, See, it's funny because, because not only is it like, could that have sexual connotations, but it took place in an alley. That was um, good. That was yeah. Good. I, I meant the second one. Because I, like, I, I quite like, I'm quite partial to a slightly risque, wholesome metaphor. Yeah. Like, like frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Kind of like, <laughs> Like, oh, I'm trying to, th- I probably can't think of an- another example, but for something, I-, I like double meanings, especially in dialogue, especially when like, they thinking, vaginas, thinking, like- thinking later, you're like, oh, of course, there was a, there was a double meaning there. Um, and I think that the, the theme of this film is sex. So the emotional line should be about sex. And I, so I thought that was quite a good line. The, the tagline on the um, poster of these films is forget about love. And I think that's really cool too. Yeah. Because that's not what the it's like that's it's like a provocative way of of like getting people to be like love sex without love is 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 sinful and stupid and the film's like yes i agree (laughs) the film's the film shows that sex without love is empty and and quote meaningless yeah um so those are the three things that the film's about filling yeah what was the three things the three holes i do Oh. I was being, I was being dirty. Are there three holes? <laughs> um, <laughs> I can understand too, but when did the third one come into it? Do you remember that Family Guy joke where yeah, Craig was like the, the fourth knee. hole behind the knee? Um, uh, cool. Strangely, not referenced in this. Film. No, weird. One thing I did think, like you asked me while we were watching this, you were like, "When is the set?" And to that, I would also say, "Where is the set?" Yeah, I was actually about to say that as well because it, the 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 flashback meat of the story is very much like in a town or in a few towns and it's like this is her hometown whereas the the narrative device of joe telling um seligman her story is set in what i want to say is like maybe like a swedish or yeah, danish town i think it's the film just takes place in europe 
Mm. And like it's one of those things. Like, like mm. if you asked Lars von Trier, he'd probably just say Europe. Well, yeah. he'd probably give some bullshit. Yeah, he'd be like, well, I think what's his accent? I don't know. Uh, Danish, I think. Well, I think that um, <laughs> it is said in Europe. Um, that's my pin, pin, like pitch perfect von Trier. That was uh, we said Lars von Trier. Oh, yeah, you're back. We just said Lars von Trier on the podcast. But um, yeah, it's as he's running out the door now. He's got to catch a flight. It's about vaginas. <laughs> He, um, Telling him what his own movie is about. <laughs> Don't think about that that joke too much. <laughs> um, yeah, like it's, um, and I think it does the same kind of thing with the time period. Like they don't have cell phones, but then there's no lack of cell phones. Mm. Like no one ever really uses a phone throughout the film. So there's like we're not shown very much technology to be like to just show desperately trying to think of where, where there's a phone in the film yeah but like just to prove yeah. me wrong yeah yeah, um, yeah. he's wrong <laughs> it's st- Stella not, not um, Alexander Skarsgård <laughs> isn't it Skellen Ske- I was thinking Skellen Skarsgård um, Stalin 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 Joseph Stalin is in this movie <laughs> and he's the best character <laughs> um well until the end but um yeah like yeah they i think they deliberately don't show you a time period or a, a, a setting and it's and because a lot of people complained myself included about shia labeouf's accent and how it's like a mix of like british american south african and australian and when i say a mix of it's literally like every 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 word rotates through those four accents mm. um but like i just said it, it like and it's it's a consistent it's a consistent it sounds retarded but it's it's a consistent (laughs) sorry it sounds sounds mentally disabled (laughs) um no it is it's it's a it's a genuine accent i just don't know where it's from yeah and so i think i think it's one of those things last like there's no effort to make everyone sound like they're something from the same place and certain act willem dafoe doesn't put on an accent yeah willem dafoe's in this movie by the way his his character could easily be from america like there's no yeah but um yeah, I think it's 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 an actors' film. It's a it's a yeah, yeah, more than anything. Um, speaking of actors, one um, this this movie uh, picks at a scab on my like checklist of things I don't like in movies. That's a strange for picks a scab of off your checklist. You got a checklist full of scabs, and you pick each one to check it Soon off. Soon the dominoes will fall like a house of cards. <laughs> check Checkmate. Um, so. Uh, I and like I've talked to, I've talked about this on the podcast before actually oh, and um, Slater. and I <laughs> and I've actually also mentioned that when I really think about it it shouldn't be a big deal but when they cast younger versions of the same character and okay, they use yeah. like an actor who's like clearly a different <laughs> like okay, you know. yeah, this, this film is like the most egregious so example of the that. film so um, the person who plays Joe as an adult is not the same person who plays joe as a teenager now when you see her i'm looking at it here she is 50 when we see joe beat up in the street at the start of the film when you see her as a as a young girl she is 15 those people can be played by different actors probably in fact they they look enough alike for me to believe that yeah, they, they, they nailed the voice as well mm-hmm. I thought they um but you see stacy martin as young joe from ages 15 to 31 and you see charlotte gainsburg as joe from 35 to 50 yeah it's th- in three years she changes drastically and it's it's so it's it's i don't know it took me out of i wish they just didn't tell me because there's a time jump yeah i wish they just didn't tell me how long it had been yeah and and the fact that it changes from Stacey Martin to Charlotte Gainsbourg in in one chapter. It's yeah. not like this yeah. next chapter took place three years later. Yeah. So Stacey Martin 
leaves Shia LaBeouf, goes out, and then it says, three years later, I did this. Charlotte Gainsbourg comes back to Shia LaBeouf. Mm. So she's changed people, yeah. but Shia LaBeouf hasn't. And it's established then, that Shia LaBeouf's older. Yeah. And then 10 years later... Some other actors playing Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Um, and, and, and he looks nothing like Shia LaBeouf. And I was like, oh, this is too much. Like, yeah. You, yeah, yeah, that's, that's if, a good point. If they didn't you, show us Charlotte Gainsbourg and Shia, Shia LaBeouf together, yeah. it would have made sense. But that was just like, why would you do that? And I think maybe they should have just had maybe the same actress as an actor as them the whole way through. Maybe uh, I don't know what one. I don't know. I think they're both like, pretty good. So I just assumed it would be Stacey Martin Volume One, Charlotte Gainsbourg Volume Two. But sure. then the way they they like staggered the thing because then they showed us Charlotte Gainsbourg and then, then she was like, oh, that reminds me of another time and it goes back to Stacey Martin, hmm. and that was that was weird. Yeah, it kind of it just loses its way. I guess that's what happens when you go here's five hours, fill that out with story, please. Though again, it does pretty. Be, he probably had. He probably started with the five hours of story. Mm. He wasn't given five hours of mm. film. He like he got given the yeah, reels yeah. of film and was like, "You have to fill these with something." I will try as hard as I can. <laughs> um, all right, let's uh, haphazardly move on to a, a segment of the show that we call "Continue the Franchise." Um, I've got nothing. Do you have anything? <laughs> so this this is a segment where we usually we would pitch a. Um, a sequel or a prequel or a spin-off something that you know to get more money out of this franchise um we managed to come up with five godzilla sequels i can't think of one for nymphomaniac one interesting thing though about nymphomaniac is that it is considered the third part of a spiritual trilogy of um, Lars von Trier films that includes antichrist and melancholia so i guess i'd accept an answer that's like a spiritual sequel to the depression trilogy yeah the depression trilogy um didn't know that till we were knee deep in this one so i was like wow i guess we can't do the depression trilogy for this this episode yeah we probably should have done the yeah. depression trilogy as the franchise because this but you know maniac's what? not a franchise but you know what screw the audience <laughs> <laughs> i mean and in, in a way like and we've talked about this before with certain franchises that's like oh it's interesting that how this franchise is a different format from this franchise yeah. and i guess that applies here right because this is a two-parter that came out at yeah. the same time this is our I, i've been doing a little bit of uh statistics on yeah. the film franchise fortnight's podcast this is our longest two-part franchise obviously yeah. um and it's, it's like, longer than lady and the tramp <laughs> lady and the tramp fun fact is our shortest franchise <laughs> in terms of minutes um this is um this is only like five ten minutes shorter than like three or four of our three film franchises mm. like it's it's like 10 minutes shorter than back to the future trilogy yeah. isn't that insane yeah um yeah, so my continue the franchise. Before I before I watched the film, I was like pyromaniac. Mm. It's just a guy that wakes up in an alleyway and he's burnt, and then this girl takes him in and is like, "Yeah, Yo, you're right." And he goes, "Yeah, I'm a real bad person. I've been lighting stuff on fire all my life and jacking off to it." Um, is that what a pyromaniac pyromania jack involved, off to their fire pyromania involves a sexual attraction to fire does it I yeah. never knew that um, then what's animania animaniac involves a sexual attra- attraction to the Warner Yako. Brothers and the Warner Sister Dot <laughs> just as they run, run for fun around the Warner movie lot yeah but obviously you lock them to the tower um, whenever they get caught yeah, yeah. But then they break loose, and then vamoose. Well, now we know the plot. Anyway, all right. Um, <laughs> Whoa, we we tiptoed our way through that vague memory of the, the lyrics from that theme song. Dude, I know the lyrics to that theme song so well. It would, it would, you, it would blow your mind. 
I don't, <laughs> don't look at me like that. You're like, yeah, AJ gives keep, me this look every so often that just that just says, "What do you want me to say?" <laughs> I'm like, hey, that's why we're such good comedic partners. Hey, hey, AJ, here's a little tasty nugget of comedy. I'm not responding to that. <laughs> that is me responding to it. And look where it's got us. This hilarious little anecdote <laughs> little now. to our lives of um, living together. Um, In the same bed. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess Pyromaniac is my contender franchise. And then you could do like um, Kleptomaniac. Some yep. steel stuff. Yep. Um, and then you could have... Oh, testing my knowledge. Um what are other things? So you just want you want like a and then just a, maniac, a maniac trilogy. Yeah, the maniac trilogy, <laughs> and I'm um, yeah include maniac with um, Elijah Wood in it. Mm. Remember that movie? No, because it was shot in POV and it was banned in New Zealand. Yeah, um, but then it played somewhere, or it was banned everywhere else. It only played in New what Zealand. What is it with movies about maniacs being banned? It's like they're a taboo subject or something. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Well, I truly don't. This is first. This is record. I don't yeah, have I'd, a I'd love, I'd love to he, to to hear. A like continue a, a nymphomaniac part three, you know, like yeah, but but it doesn't end where I wants it to. But here's my ending. Where I wants it to end. His his she wakes up and the dream of of um Seligman coming in was was it was just a dream, um and he's he's actually still a loving character. Yeah, and like so a, a so cool your continuation guy. is a fan edit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's actually yeah, that's totally what it is. It's it's nymphomaniac the AJ edit. Yeah. Um. So, just briefly, um, we talk about titles a bit on this podcast. I'm going to submit some um, alternate titles on Nymphomaniac to you. <laughs> Forest Hump. What do you think? Hilarious. Uh, the Curious Case of Benjamin Unbutton. I've got a better one. The Bi-Curious Case oh, of shit. Benjamin Unbutton. Because she is bi-curious. Because yeah. she gets with the 15-year-old girl and... Was she still 15 when they got together? Because they kind of, kind of glossed over that part. Um, but I mean, you know, maybe she is a bad person. What do you think? Do you think, do you think Joe is a bad person? Look, I don't think. Bad people are like ugly girls. I don't think they exist. <laughs> um. <laughs> let's go to, let's do a sharp left turn. Right. Um, and let's read some comments that we've right. been. Let's make like the final scene of <laughs> Nymphomaniac and ruin it. <laughs> just ruin this podcast. Um, so these, these, we're reading out comments now because hopefully the people who found us through Godzilla are still listening, which they probably aren't. Because um, the fucking start of this podcast was so boring. <laughs> uh, David Brown, our favourite, um, corrected us about destroy all monsters versus all monsters. This feels like an eternity ago that we got mm. this comment. Um, he says that uh, Godzilla and the 2014 film is not a mutated di- dinosaur. He's already he has always been Godzilla, um, and then he requests that we do Avatar: The Last Airbender and Legend of Korra, showing even less of a grasp <laughs> on how this podcast works because neither of those are even movies. Yeah, um, like if you want, we can we'll wait for a sequel to M Night Shyamalan. <laughs> Epic, The Last Airbender. M Night Shyamalan. <laughs> Shyamalan. <laughs> um, we got a comment from Matt Hall, first time commenter. He says, so glad y'all stuck with the series all the way. He's talking about Godzilla. Impressive and weird at some point. Please don't stop those cola burps. They are the staple. They are a staple of the podcast. How would you feel about a Mountain Dew burp? Um, also would have loved more impressions of the monsters roar through each film, including more Minya. Keep up the good right, work. Can you do an impression of Joe's orgasmic roar? 
No. <laughs> what is Gemma? Are you referring to like a specific part of the movie, or just do it? Do you want me to just pretend to have an orgasm? Shall I do a Godzilla <laughs> orgasm? All right. How about this? Scream! <laughs> is that a good? Oh god, I wish I hadn't seen anything. Sometimes Richard gets me to like perform some kind of thing, <laughs> some kind of joke, and then he'll leave me out high and dry. <laughs> And it's like, I needed you there, man. I needed you to make me not feel like an idiot for making a sexual moan on this podcast. Uh, Brent Taylor, a uh, friend from Texas, says, if you want to change my name when you mention this comment on the next podcast so it doesn't look like me and the ever-angry David Browns, are the only ones who, David Brown are the only ones who comments, um, call me Randy or something. Oh, Randy, Randy comments. Yeah, Randy comments. <laughs> it's important to remember that you are watching 31 Godzilla movies in a month. That is not how these movies were designed to be watched, so of course you're going to lose some interest in them. The early ones, much like the Mummy movies, he's talking about movies we've watched on the podcast, they were so repetitive. We're, this is really interesting. I've never thought about this before. So he says the Mummy movies, because we, they were from the 50s. Oh, earlier than that. Yeah, yeah. Um, old, 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 old Mummy movies, if you haven't listened to that episode. Um, they were so repetitive because they were designed to be easily digested because there was no way viewers could re-watch them after they left the cinema. There was no home video uh, no home video market as our consumption of media changed so have storytelling and production techniques to allow us to encourage rewatchability. And he says, looking forward to the next series. I hope you've enjoyed it, um, Randy. Um, that- but yeah, it's interesting because it's like, oh man, I loved The Mummy. Let's yeah. go see The Mummy's Tomb because, and you want it to yeah. be the same thing. Yeah, that's so. I've never thought of it. It's so obvious. But thank you, thanks, uh, Brent slash Randy. That's like a really good thanks point. Brandy, Brandy, um, Isaac Mount says Brent sent me. Who's Brent? Uh, my age is twenty two. Because we always ask our viewers. Uh, I wonder if we didn't like sex crazed fans from this episode. Oh, Jesus. Uh, like, Leave a comment. Do you I mean, enjoy sex? Are you, are you, can can you guys do the Dark Knight trilogy after this? Um, what the hell? What? Or because like David Brown, who discovered us through the Godzilla, kept suggesting movies we would do. Dude, I'm about to faint. <laughs> My balance is so off, and I just made a loud noise before. Um, um, sorry. Yeah, no, like, yeah. So, Isaac, comment your age and if you enjoy sex. sex. Um, if you are younger than 18, probably don't, though. Yeah, unless, you're, wanna... in, unless you're in New Zealand, then it's okay. But only if you're, only if you're over I don't want to be older. seen as soliciting sexual <laughs> proclivities from, from yeah. minors. Not again. Not, not again. Uh, so Isaac says, my age is 22. I'm from the UK. Then he says, fucking love your show and have retrospectively listened to them all. That's awesome, Isaac. Thank you so much. Actually, I don't know if retrospectively is the right word. Yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe it is. Then then I, I replied to it and asked him some questions and he didn't reply. So, okay. Why would you sound too eager, AJ? <laughs> um, okay. I mean, do you have anything else you want to say about Nymphomaniac? Uh, oh, lots of things I could say about Nymphomaniac. Name one. <laughs> He's doing the face again. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed part one. You already said that. Damn it. Got, like, what's the machete order for, for Nymphomaniac? Because I, I, I could say watch part one and the first chapter of part two mm-hmm. and, and it'd be fine. Watch you part, don't get much closure. Watch but. part one, the, the first chapter of part two, then... Um, the conversation about the, sunlight. The conversation about sunlight, but then no further than that. <laughs> yeah. Did you? Did this make you want to watch more Lars von Trier movies? Because uh, I'd never seen any. This is my first von Trier. 
Yeah, uh, this is probably his most uh, like accessible film. That's strange, isn't it? Because yeah, but when we got this, I was like, okay, yeah, let's watch some Danish dude like find an excuse to put unsimulated sex in this film. And then I actually found the first one anyway, excellent. So I was like, yeah, okay, maybe maybe because because I wouldn't even say it was pretentious or like in any ways that you would usually discredit an art house film. It was yeah. actually quite um, understated in a lot of places. Yeah, it, it was very, it was almost Tarantino esque because it was like oh, kind of overdrawn runtime. Um, dialogue driven had like yeah, yeah. some pacing issues due to it being so long and dry and um, it had like little breaks of like comedy referenced other films had Uma Thurman in a memorable role yeah yeah and and was explicit yeah yeah and, and um and Tarantino's you know the god of cinema so <laughs> well no I'm just, I'm just saying <laughs> no I was, I was making like a like a film buff joke like we, you and me are like at least like tier three or four film buff now so we're at that stage where what do you mean now <laughs> i mean at this point in our lives <sighs> at least that you know well i'm just saying i've like, been like pe- this people who for are years so have i look people who are into lars von trier here like to them people who talk about tarantino are normies like they'll just be like oh yeah you like tarantino do, do you what are you like a tier two film buff actually I would put myself. Oh, I, I that sentence wouldn't sound odd coming out of me. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, I'm 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 of the kind of like um, Tarantino is like the Radiohead of directors. Mm. Everyone says they like it because they want to sound cool. Mm. Yeah, uh, except Tarantino fans exist. I'm I'm not convinced that a Radiohead fan exists. I like Radiohead, but I wouldn't say I'm a fan. Yeah, exactly. Like mm. I, I, I know for a fact you've never heard a Radiohead song. You just want to sound cool on the podcast. Well, I have. I'm a creep. I'm a weirdo. You're just singing about your problems now, AJ. What the hell am I doing? AJ, here? you're singing too well. We're going to get a, a copyright. That um. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Tar- I like Tarantino though. I don't want to sound like I don't think Tarantino's a good director. I think yeah, I I like him. But like Tarantino, Tarantino is the Rick and Morty of directors. Tarantino's uh, I like Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty's the the. <laughs> yeah. it's just like like it's one it's of those. The, it's the Avengers of like adult cartoons, and I like the Avengers, but <laughs> no, it's like that that whole um, it's good, but like everyone needs to shut up about it. <laughs> yeah, like true. the fan base is ruining it. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Let's do franchise roulette. Let's find out what the next. I wonder if this one will actually be a franchise. That would be fun. Or if it'll be like On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Because <laughs> that's. Yeah, if you get it, you get it. If you don't. 72. You want me to look it up? No, I've got it here. 72. <laughs> what? Is it On Her Majesty's Secret Service? No. <laughs> it's like the exact same as what's the only other like two film franchise that was one movie split into two uh kill bill yeah <laughs> the, the other uma thurman yeah it's kill bill <laughs> tarantino <laughs> how often does this happen it's uh, so stupid <laughs> we were just talking about him it wasn't even like the top of the it was like it was like two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so dumb! I can't believe we 
got Tarantino's only sequel. Like, <laughs> holy crap, that's so funny, man. It's gonna look, this, 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 when people are looking at like the episodes, it's gonna look like we did these two next to each other on purpose. <laughs> you need to come back close to the mic. Oh, sorry. <sighs> All right. I think I actually have Kill Bill on Blu-ray. So oh, thank goodness. goodness. No more of this. Streaming. Watching legally, which we've yeah. been doing. When we were watching the stream of um, Nymphomaniac, whenever we'd pause it, a pop up of, of, would come up on the screen <laughs> of a of a a wedding, like a, a bride on on a subway train with her head in her hands, and it said, "What did it say? Like uh, her said, husband's yeah. bank account made yeah, like, like she had a breakdown when her husband revealed his savings." Yeah, <laughs> like we were like, "Okay, why is she on a tr- on a subway?" Yeah, I'm not like a bus. Why is she... Cr- like, what could the... <laughs> we were- yeah, so like the savings, it has to be nothing or a lot. And I was like, it has to be like millions of dollars because she she they're on the bus because she thought they were poor, but she loved them anyway. And now he's got all this money. Of course, we're not clicking on it. We're no. never going to. No. It's more fun this way. Um, yeah. Uh, AJ, what did you think of? Did you think he had a lot of money or not? I think... Um, Should we do a podcast where we review clickbait without yeah, clicking on yeah, it? Yeah, let's do it. It's called... Uh, what can we call it? Um, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Um, Should I click that? Oh, that, was, that wasn't very good. Yeah. All right. Uh, if you want, if you like this podcast... You can um, think of a good name for a... Yeah, please tell us a good name for a clickbait-based podcast. Um you can um you can you can please subscribe to us if you're listening to this on youtube uh, or on soundcloud subscribe and even on itunes you can even subscribe then you can also rate and review us on itunes and uh, we also have a facebook page so give that a like um and if you watch this because you looked up nymphomaniac on youtube and for, for some reason clicked on a, a on a hour-long still image <laughs> well you know please listen to other ones i just got real tired <laughs> and like, I'm glad it's wrapping up because I just got yeah like you just get real over it <laughs> sure yeah man yeah I just got that alright thank you very much for listening everybody bye join us for Kill Bill what do you not like Kill Bill uh, it's just it's all the same bullshit all right. see you later everybody see ya.